1: back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Welcome into the pregame pod this week. Auburn obviously getting ready for its SEC opener on the road against Texas A&M. This would be Auburn's second straight win over the Aggies, of course, last season. Cadillac Williams had that um, emotional win for them in uh, in Jordan-Hare Stadium. And the last time Hugh Freeze got an SEC win actually was on the road against Texas A&M. All the way back in 2016, uh, the rebels were four and five and went in there and beat number eight, Texas A&M on a last minute field goal. So he's hoping to pick up where he left off. But as usual in the pregame pod, we are going to get some expertise from someone on the 24 seven network who covers the opposition. And that person today is Andrew Hattersley from Giggum 24 seven. Andrew, thanks so much for, uh, for hopping on today. A little bit of late notice um, for you. So I appreciate your flexibility. How has, uh, How's the first few weeks of the season been been treating you guys and how much are you looking forward to SEC play
2: yeah thanks for having me on yeah carter um battling a little bit of sickness so um couldn't quite pull out the the jordan flu game so it got me um on there uh, you know it's been fun it's been busy i think everybody's kind of been looking for at least on the a m side has kind of really been looking forward to SEC play getting going to really figure out what a and m kind of has right i think there's there was a lot of change in the off season and uh, I think everybody feels like they knows what A and M has. There's still some question marks, but um, been busy, been fun, and and this will definitely be uh, their biggest recruiting weekend of the year as well. Which has been, um, which is which is certainly fun to cover as well.
1: Yeah, I guess we'll start with I I don't want to say elephant in the room, but I know that yeah. when when you like Auburn, A and M has only played a couple cupcake teams at home, and then they left home for a power five road game. Auburn almost lost. They were able to gut out a uh, pull out kind of an escape win late into the night. Pac-12 after dark against Cal and just a game that both teams wanted to forget. But um, Texas A&M went on the road against Miami, that return game of the home and home that started last season. Um, And the Hurricanes won 48 to 33. Um, Wanted to just kind of dive into that game first and talk about, um, I guess, some of the defensive issues. I know A&M had turnovers as well what was your read on that performance because I've talked to a couple people I talked to you know Jeff Tarpley at, at you guys' yeah, site and he said look this one could have been a four or five touchdown loss I mean it really was not a good game for AM. what were kind of your takeaways from from that performance and how many of those issues do you think are how many are lingering and how many do you think was just a bad game for them
2: yeah I think you for one you couldn't have had two more opposite games right like last year was a 16 to nine slug fest that am ends up winning basically a field goal fest and then this one is kind of a track meet up and down the field and and you know i i don't i think there were some positives and there were some negatives right and i i think you look at the start that a m got off to they were up 17 to seven early got a blocked punt right off the bat jumped on jumped ahead scored um got off to a really nice start and the offense was really hummer, humming but some key turnovers uh, cost them. They had a, a fumble. Amari Daniels had a fumble. Um, Connor Wigman had an interception where Anaya Smith slipped and and it led to a field goal. So, you know, some turnovers, some mistakes. They gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown. And, uh, you know, there's there's folks who will say there was a hold or all that sort of stuff. But, you know, lane-wise, I think AM could have covered that better. And so they were – there were some miscues, right? And there was some, and it and hasn't played well on the road, frankly, dating back to last year and even the year before. Um, defensively, I thought there were some, there were some issues and, and I don't know that they've answered all of them yet. And that's one of the things I think we'll be looking at this weekend is, is have they got the issues figured out in the secondary? They've changed out some parts. They've had Some new guys in there, uh, but they had some guys sit out last week. Tyreek Chappelle did not play. Um, Expect him to be back. Uh, Jimbo Fisher said he expects everybody that sat out the ULM game to be back um, from an injury standpoint. But tackling was really, really poor in in that game against Miami. Uh, There was the missed tackle late where Jordan Gilbert – Tried, you know, tried to make a kind of a shoulder tackle, didn't work, ended up leading to the the touchdown that to kind of put it away on on a third and seven. And so if you look at that, if if AM were to get off the field there, they're getting the ball back, potentially with a chance to go tie the game. And so that was kind of the backbreaker, but summed up the entire day. Um, I think from a communication standpoint, they were just watching the film back and um, reviewing what went wrong. They didn't get a pass rush. That was one issue. Uh, Miami was getting the ball out quickly to, to a bunch of their playmakers. And communication-wise, I thought they were late on some routes. I thought they were late reading some things, um, played a little slow. And, you know, credit to Miami for the way they schemed things up. But, you know, I think a lot of the issues came in the secondary and generating pressure up front. So I to, answer, to, to kind of bring it back full circle, I don't know that they've – Figured those out, and I think that's one of the questions heading into this weekend is is whether those issues defensively have been figured out. Offensively, didn't protect Connor Wigman well, so those are a couple of the issues that I'm kind of looking at heading into this weekend.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, like you kind of mentioned, we're going to learn a lot about both of these teams. Mm-hmm. I think Auburn sort of has the same mindset about that Week Two game against Cal. Their offense was just sputtering. It came through when it needed to. You know, one drive is yeah. all you need. But you talking talking about A M's defense? I think Auburn going to learn a lot about its offense moving forward and where they are I think Auburn fans you know the team would like to think that's an advantage here is that you know AM secondary has had some troubles haven't been able to get a pass rush but at the same time this Auburn passing game hasn't necessarily been super crisp they sort of cracked their knuckles last week against an FCS team but that's sort of to right. be expected so that's a big matchup here you mentioned the other one I, I want to get into Um, Trust me, everybody listening, we're going to get into Jimbo. We're going to get into Bobby Petrino, all the buzzwords everybody wants to talk about. But um, you mentioned Connor Wigman, but we'll we'll break it down a little bit more later. I'm just super interested in his development early in the season. I thought he showed great potential last year, obviously a five-star, great-looking player, great arm, all that. They have been really, really pass-happy here early in the year, but he's been pressured 47 times. I mean, it's the the fifth or sixth worst pressure rate in the country for starting quarterbacks how has he sort of overcome that? And um, you know, Auburn Auburn doesn't have a great pass rush, but do you expect that to be an area the Tigers can maybe exploit on
2: Saturday? I think I, I expect them to bring pressure and, and look, there were, there were some issues in the Miami game and, and Jimbo Fisher kind of mentioned, you know, they had some, they had Connor Wigman himself had a couple issues with picking up the Mike linebacker and, and shift and sliding the offensive line the wrong way. And so, that was one of the issues in the Miami game that they, they ran into on a couple of, they got that kind of figured out the second half, but a lot of teams have been bringing pressure uh, and, and a did a better job against ULM. I thought that the offensive line played well in that one, but uh, you know, they've been blitzing Connor Wigman and they've been forcing him to kind of get the ball out of his hands, make plays uh, see if they can get him off his, his spot a little bit. And so uh you know that leaves some one-on-one matchups on the outside and that's one of the things that AM has to be able to take advantage of and I think they did at times in the Miami game but teams have not been shy about blitzing AM and forcing them to to pick them up to to pick up stunts to to communicate and so you know this offensive line I think has been solid through the first three games I wouldn't say it's a strength of the team um but you know, that's 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 one of the areas I expect Auburn to to kind of bring a lot of pressure and see if they can they can get after him a little bit and and uh, move him off his spot.
1: Yeah, free, you know, Hugh freeze has been very honest about where this team is talking about the pass rush. He said, look, we don't bring pressure with the front four very well. He said we're average at yeah. best doing that. But again, another key matchup in this game, I think, is Ron Roberts. Trying to get pressure. He's a he's a very creative defensive coordinator. Yeah. From, you know, formerly at Baylor, they bring guys from all over the field. They've got a good pass rusher in Jalen McLeod. Texas A&M fans remember that name because he was the guy who was definitely for App State last season. There, he's not completely healthy though, so that could be um a key there. How has the marriage so far gone between and I, me personally? I'm not super interested in this, but I just know that people yeah. want to talk about Jimbo. Bobby Petrino, because so far it looks like their offense is better. Like, I don't I don't think this is necessarily a huge story right now. But, um, you know, I guess how much sort of build up was that? You know, and I know Jimbo at media days was kind of waffling on whether Petrino would call plays from an outsider perspective. Of course, I haven't watched every snap they've played this year, but it looks like the offense has improved. Of course, you know, he's a guy who you you looked ahead of the season. You thought he had a talented quarterback, talented receivers that he could maybe open that up. Has it been smooth sailing so far between uh, between Jimbo and him handing over that offense to Petrino?
2: So far so good. And I think that one of the real turning points was when uh, at the beginning of camp and when the noise kind of quieted down was actually when they brought Bobby Petrino um, to do a presser and do a media day and, and have the coordinators speak to the media. And he said, listen, he said, my job is to, you know, I, I've been a head coach. I know how this works. My job's to work under Jimbo Fisher and to you know do what he wants to do and 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 accomplish what what he wants to get done. But you're right, this offense has looked a lot better. They've been a lot more aggressive throwing the ball down the field, um, and they've got a really really talented receiving group with uh, Evan Stewart, Noah Thomas, you know Anaya Smith, Moose Muhammad, uh, Jade Walker's been really good. Uh, they've got Jake Johnson in the as in in the you know, in that tight end room uh, to kind of lead that group. And, and so the marriage has been really good so far. They've, they've, there's been no problems through, through three games. Um, I think, you know, everybody was kind of curious, would Jimbo truly have his hands off and, and, and let Bobby Petrino run the offense. And, and honestly, through three games, he really has, he has not been, you know, he does, he does, he has not been super involved on the, on the, on the sideline in terms of, know having a play sheet out or anything like that uh, he's he's really trusted Bobby Petrino and, and let him kind of do his things and I think the offense has has flourished as a result now we'll see how SEC play goes I don't expect them to be perfect every single week um, but for the most part it's been about as good as that's actually not where the issues for AM has come I think they can run the ball better they haven't run the ball well um, to this point better against ULM like we said that's you know, is that kind of just a you know a mismatch and and being able to overpower ULM? I think that's one of the questions. But for the most part, they're going a lot faster. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest uh, differences Auburn fans will kind of see is A and M. I think last week the stat they were third fastest in the SEC and in, in terms of uh, you know speed and 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 plays per game, and so. You know that's that's one of the big things to to kind of keep an eye on is this offense is moving a little faster. They're aggressive, pushing the ball down the field, and uh, you know they've been better. We'll see how they do against Auburn.
1: You mentioned the running game. I'll touch on that real quick before we yeah go to defense. I think you know they're I think they're top fifteen nationally in pass attempts per game. Is there? Is there a running game to speak of at this point? Because I think Auburn would like to make them one dimensional and try to like those those blitz packages we talk about. Try to confuse Wegman. Are they going to have to worry too much about a running game?
2: Yeah, I think A wants to get the running game going more. Uh, Ruben Owens has looked good at times. He's a young player, right? He's a freshman, and I think still kind of learning on that side. But they've got him involved. They've they've trusted him and got him. Got him in the mix. Uh, Le'Veon Moss has missed missed one game, but they've they're kind of on a three back rotation right now with Amari Daniels, Le'Veon Moss, and Ruben Owens. And you know, I don't think they've necessarily found a hot hand who's been who's really gone off. And uh, they've done some nice things. They all do things a little bit differently. Um, Amari Daniels is is pretty good in the passing game. Ruben Owens is as well, and and Le'Veon Moss is kind of that big, powerful. Uh, I think that they uh, have missed at times, and so um, you know, getting him back will 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 help. I expect him to be back for this one, and um, you know, I think I think they want to get it going more. Some of it, they just haven't had a lot of running room, and, and that that goes to that offensive line needing to create a little more holes and needing to to generate a little more of a push. Uh, but you know, I think I think they'd like to get the they, they'd like to get the running game going a little bit more.
0: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. As
1: as many issues as there was against Miami. And I I read the story from you mm-hmm. guys that was pretty brutal after that game about <laughs> DJ Durkin. Um and I commend I then shoot, I commend you guys for uh for you know not yeah. pulling any punches there and, and and doing a lot of research on that. But there is so much talent on this AM defense, or at least that they've mm-hmm. recruited. That's that's the buzzword. That's what every coach is going to say. That's what Hugh Freeze said this week. He said, look, we got A&M, Georgia, and LSU coming up. Those are three of the five best recruiting teams over the past three or four years. Yeah. How well is this talent being utilized on this AM defense so far? And, and what area, you know, you talked about the secondary a little bit. Do you think that's the area that they're most gettable maybe by Auburn?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think that's right. And hey, they've been really good stopping the run. And I think that comes with, you know, guys like Shamar Stewart and Walter Nolan and Shamar Turner, DJ Hicks. the The list goes on and on of guys that they have up front that really are big, stout guys um, physically. You know, just look really, really impressive. Now they haven't. They've they've talked about getting more of a pass rush. I don't know that DJ Durkin's necessarily a guy that's going to blitz a ton. Um, you know, they're going to do some different things. Last week, one of the big talking points was they had. Fadil Diggs and LT Overton dropping back into coverage in the secondary early on in the game. And, and, you know, that's something that they're trying to incorporate a little bit to, you know, they, they said, Hey, it it reroutes guys. We're in zone. And, you know, you know, they're almost daring you to pass it. Now, from a secondary standpoint, I think they need to find more consistency. Uh, And Josh DeBerry has been really good at times Tyreek Chappelle, getting him back will will certainly help. I think at safety, one of that's where they've been trying to really figure things out. Uh, Jacoby Matthews has is kind of the guy taken over at that spot. Bryce Anderson is really good at at nickel, and then you've got Damani Richardson, who's kind of the veteran of the of that room. Haven't got a lot out of, oh, haven't got any actually. Uh, he hasn't played. And Tony Grimes, I think he was expected to to maybe be a guy that factored in early on. Uh, they played some young guys, Javon Thomas. Um, got some got some reps against Miami. Uh, they've liked what he's done so far. Deuce Harmon had a good game against ULM. Um, I, I think you could see him cont- continue to contribute. But the secondary, they're trying a lot of guys there. They're trying to find a, a, a group that that works and that they can go with. Um, but I, I think that's going to be kind of the, one of the questions. is you know, if, if Auburn can take advantage of that, right? Like we talked about the passing game. Can, do they have the weapons to really take advantage of it? Uh, I think that's one of the questions heading into this weekend.
1: I think you're exactly right. I mean, that was the next thing I was going to say was when I yep. look at this game and try to predict it, and and it I'm um, we put out our predictions on Thursday, so I'm not you know going to pull away. I picked Texas a and in this game, and that's one of the reasons is that you said, "Is this passing game ready to take advantage in a road spot against a good defensive front?" Yeah, that I think your first point of they can stop the run pretty well. That should be something that concerns Auburn fans. Do, do they have the passing game clicking enough? I don't think never they will. will. You never know; these things just kind of it just kind of, especially when you're running an RPO offense like Auburn is. Where, yep. I mean, reps are really the biggest thing. Like these receivers and, the, and Peyton Thorne getting their timing down. Again, you saw it start to develop a little bit last week. It was not good against Cal, but it was against FCS team. It was against Samford. And so, is this the game for them to get that going to score enough? With an AM offense, it's probably going to put up some points, probably going to throw the ball. Yeah. I, I just yeah. I think it's, I think it's, I think Auburn matches up well in a lot of spots, but that's tough for me. Yeah. You mentioned that defensive line. That is the thing that stands out. It's going to be a huge test for Auburn's yeah. offensive line. It's a new look, Auburn offensive line has a bunch of transfers. It is better than it's been because they've been really bad the past few years. I mean, you remember that 20 to 3 game in college yeah. station, then Bo Nix would just <laughs> take snap, run for his life every single <laughs> play. Um, that probably wasn't much better for Zach Calzada, but. Um, nope. You know, I think this is this is one of those games, kind of a prove it game for these transfer offensive linemen because the Shamar's of the world, the you know, the Walter Nolans, the McKinley Jacksons, like those guys are really tough um, yeah. to block.
2: Sort the of. The ironic part is A last year was awful defending the run, and so now yeah. that's turned into the strength. And now the question is the the secondary. But I think you know the one thing I will say on the on the running game is they've looked good through three games, but. You know, you could argue, have they have they been tested quite yet? Uh, you know, to say they really, really got all those issues figured out from last year, I I think that's that's something heading into this week. I think there's confidence they've got it figured out, but, you know, they've still got to go out and do it.
1: Yeah, and, and it comes back to how important this game is going to be and how much mm-hmm. both teams are going to learn is like Auburn, I think, has been a little, a little disappointed. I mean, Peyton Thorne's your leading rusher, and you went into the year saying, how great your four deep backfield is. And i right. it's like you're saying for, for A&M, like they could be good, but they haven't, have they really tried to test them that much? A, against yeah. Cal they had a bunch of penalties, a bunch of turnovers, you're just, you're thinking that they didn't really get a chance to get rolling. Last week, they didn't even try to run the ball that much because they wanted to work on the passing game. And so um, again, I come back to is A&M the team to figure that out against. I'm just yeah. not entirely sure. Um, I want to talk about Jimbo and then we'll get into your keys. Yeah. To the game. What would the because talking to Jeff um, Tarpley at y'all site, he was saying how I guess disappointing that that Miami lost. Not that Miami is not a good team. I mean, a lot of people probably pick Miami to win that game. I mean, it's a top twenty team on the road, yeah. but just kind of a deflating early season loss. It seems like they can get back on track here. I you know I think they play Arkansas after this, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. like you can you can start to track and and build some some wins here but what would an auburn win in college station mean for the pressure on Jimbo Fisher and do you what is the record this year and i i, I hate to just bring everything back to hot seat buzzword head coach you know whatever but like yeah. what is the record this year where you would be concerned about Jimbo's future at a&m or Jim, Jimbo's I, future at a&m
2: yeah i think 7 and 5 would probably be kind of a massive disappointment and i think that would kind of be where questions would start to get raised i think i don't think below 8 and f- or 8 and 4 and above i don't think you really you know, see a lot of those questions boil to the surface because that's a three-win jump from a year ago, and you can start to you know kind of talk about the next year taking another jump to a double-digit win season and go from there. Ross Bjork has really talked about how you know they're they're you know believing in A and M and and believing in Jimbo Fisher in the direction that they're going. So you know, I don't think an eight and four season would it would be disappointing. It would be massively disappointing for fans. Um, I think they expect better than that. Uh, at least nine wins I think is where fans would love to see it be at um, seven and five, six and six would be really disappointing. Um, you know, I think a loss to Auburn would kind of rock the boat a little more because, you know, you look at it and, and you'd you'd already be sitting with two losses. You still got, you know, Alabama to come. Uh, we'll see what they're like. Um, still think there's some questions there. You got to go to a neutral site game at Arkansas haven't played well on the road. Got to go to Ole Miss. Got to go to Tennessee. And so, you know, I think this is one A and M has to have uh, this week and next week. I think if they if they head into the Alabama game at four and one, I think you know they'll start to see the noise kind of die back down. But if they struggle these next two weeks against Auburn and and Arkansas, I think you're going to start to see the noise get a lot louder. And and you know, I think the disappointment. I think it was just. I think the the Miami game was kind of twofold. Um, in terms of the disappointment, I really think that's a game AM and m felt like they should have won. Um, and, and, you know, there were a lot of disappointing aspects to it, the tackling, the, you know, the offensive line, the way that played, you know, some of the special teams mishaps, and then Texas beats Alabama later that night kind of, you know, adds to kind of the day and the, the pressure on AM to continue to, you know, Texas has looked really good to start the year. Um, and then that, that's not lost on A&M with them coming into the SEC next year. And so that there's kind of a lot of different factors involved that I, I think A&M needs to win, and they need to prove it because I think recruits are watching. I think alumni is watching. I think donors are watching. And, uh, you know, if they if they continue to win, they'll be fine. But if they don't, then, you know, more questions are going to start to get raised.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't even think about it. You're, you're sort of watching your – in-state rival who's about to be back in the league with you again and yeah it certainly looks like Texas is well set up for when the SEC um yeah. begins what are some of your main factors we may have touched on a bunch of them already but if if Texas A&M is walking away with a win around three o'clock central time on on Saturday afternoon what do you think the Aggies have done well in the game and, and how do you think what do you think are the best you know sort of formulas for them to beat Auburn
2: yeah, so I think for I think there's three for for me. They've um, they've got to avoid turnovers. Obviously, Connor Wigman's done a really nice job of that for the most part. The uh, the Miami game was kind of the the hiccup there. Those were the first two inter- interceptions of his college career, but uh, you know you look at some of those mishaps that they've had, even going back to last year, a turnover, an interception against South Carolina on the road. Um, Connor Wigman has that fumble against Auburn. Uh, you know, turnovers are kind of the the thing. I, I don't know if they can they can overcome that um, and those sorts of swings in the game. So, I think they need to play a clean game. Need to avoid turnovers, um, fumbles, or interceptions. Um, need to be sound special teams wise. That that was probably the biggest swing in the game. Was that kickoff return against Miami? Got the crowd into it, got them going, and uh, you know, I think. I think obviously being at home helps. You're not gonna to have to deal with, with with that. But they need to be sound special teams wise, need to uh need to be good there. And then they need to tackle well. They need to tackle well in space. Uh, they need to be sound in the secondary because I do think this this defensive line will respond up front. Um and you know, I think I think Auburn's got obvi- obvi- Auburn I still feel like is gonna try to run the ball and see if they can start to wear AM down a, you know, defensively, or, tr- or try to find some of those holes as the game goes on. a and needs to be sound in the secondary. Uh, they need to be. They need to avoid giving up big plays. Um, they can't allow this Auburn offense to get going, because then I think you're going to see, you know, Auburn be able to get the running game going, and then you're going to see them in the, you know, in the passing game and be able to kind of push it down the field. So I think those are the three keys. If AM and m is a sound on special teams and tackles well in open space. Um, they'll be fine because I do expect them to put up some points.
1: Yeah, and I think you know the biggest thing for Auburn here is that it seems like a lot of the pressure will be on A&M yeah. in this game. For Auburn, it's an 11 a.m. road kick. It's it's your favorite time if you're a road team. Um, they're mm-hmm. not expected to win. They're not expected to win any of their next three games. I mean, it's an absolute gauntlet with Georgia and LSU coming up. So if you're Auburn, shoot, you're just going out here and trying to play loose and easy and, and going yep. to get – try to get a road upset and, and in Hugh Freeze's tenure, his team. be that
2: huge for wanted. them. Yeah. Be huge. And you know, that's, that's the other thing is I think when you look at this weekend, at least from an AM standpoint, Cameron Coleman's going to be there. Cohen Eccles is going to be there. A lot of guys, Weston Davis is going to be there. A lot of guys that schools are kind of talking to trying to kind of poach and, and, and try to flip. And so this is a huge game from that standpoint to, you know, have a lot of them in the stands and put a, put a strong showing forward. That's, that's what they really need,
1: for sure. Should be a good one. I'm I'm expecting a really good game. I agree. There in uh the, in College Station, Auburn's won f- four of its last five games there, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> um, it's 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 certainly treated them very well. And like I said, I the last SEC win for Hugh Freeze was them going yep. in there and beating number eight in Texas A&M when they had a when Ole Miss had a losing record, and so um should be a good one there. Anything can happen. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, this series has shown over the years that it's 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 a highly it's highly unpredictable between these two teams and road and home splits haven't necessarily mattered um very much now the home game and and you guys wrote about earlier this week auburn's injury we haven't even talked about auburn's injuries they've got a you know a couple notable ones particularly losing a starting db um that maybe this is the right spot for a and m to catch them as opposed to last year when i understand obviously things were Vibes wise weren't great, and they had injuries, and they were going to play an Auburn team that was just riding nothing on level. Yep. Under, under Cadillac Williams. And so, uh, if you're an M, you're sort of hoping that things have been flipped yep. this time around. But um, Andrew, thank you so much for for hopping on today. Uh, you guys can go follow him on Twitter at Andrew Hats H A T T S over there at Giggum twenty four um, seven. Our Q and A with Giggum twenty four seven is up on the site. If you guys want to go check it out. Um, if you're listening to this on Friday morning, you might have to scroll back a little bit. And uh, yeah, we always appreciate others from the 24-7 network hopping on and giving their insight. So if you guys enjoyed the show, go leave us a five-star review. That's the number one thing that helps us out. The bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram until the next episode. After the game, everybody enjoy the game. If you're headed out there, enjoy your trip. Be safe. We'll talk to you all later.